Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 73 in Be With Me. We're in the book of Romans. We're in Paul's conclusion, and he's giving personal greetings to two people. We're going to look at four of them today. And uh, I'm going to start in Romans chapter 16. This is just after we finished with Prisca and Aquila. And uh, he says, Greet my beloved Epinatus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. That's the first guy. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you, the first gal. Greet Andronicus, another guy, and Junia, my kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. So let's talk about those four uh, people. The first is Epineus, and he's described as the first convert in Asia. Now, what the people meant by Asia back then is a little bit different than what we mean now. It's uh, basically uh, mid to western Turkey, and uh, it's, we learn here about this guy that Epineus was the first convert from that area. Now, perhaps Paul spoke to him in uh, in Asia, or perhaps he was in a different place, um, let's say Corinth or someplace uh, where he wasn't in his local hometown. We get some idea from that because he's back in, in Rome. He's writing to Rome, and he knows that Epineus is in, in Rome. Of interest, Paul was for a long time forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, it says so in Acts 16.6. So perhaps he wasn't, uh, didn't get the gospel when he was living in his hometown. So uh, a couple things about Epinatus. He uh, is the first ministry con convert from Asia, and Paul describes him as a beloved. And It is the same root word as God has for Christ, the same love that God has for Christ. So he's saying, I love you in the way that God loves Christ. It's a God-like love. So in the uh, King James Version, when you hear the translation, dearly beloved, this is usually the word that's being uh, translated. So a, a question for, for us is, who, who do we love? Who, who are our dearly beloved in the church? Who are the people that we're going through pain with and grief with and joys with? And maybe who do we have this, this long history with? So Epineus is a, um, is a fruit of Paul's ministry. He's a, he's a Gentile. It's a Gentile uh, name. He has this great affection for him. He has this great history and probably some aspect of travel. Okay, the next person is Mary. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. And that working hard means to grow tired with toil. And here's the big question, is what activity do you perform in the church that makes you tired? And normally we think, oh man, it just exhausts me. Well, it's actually a marker of a good thing. The charge is to take your rest after serving in the church, not while you're at church. So whether you're serving in the coffee ministry or the homeless ministry or teaching or, or, or counseling, 
or working in the the junior high and the middle schoolers or you're greeting, whatever it is that you're giving your best to, and maybe it's bearing with the spiritually weak, maybe it's some sort of a, a leadership, maybe it's helping with the finances, maybe it's an evening meeting, maybe it's a being a professional encourager. Uh, what, whatever it is, it's uh, it's an aspect that we are supposed to be tired with. So tired is supposed to, is it's actually a good a good thing. So when we go to church, we should be strengthened in the inner man and tired, made tired in the outer man. So Mary here is is uh, is known for her tiredness, her working hard to the point of being tired. And I think what a great example for uh, for all of us. What in our church, what in our church activity makes us tired? And that is not something we should be running away from. Tiredness is actually something we should lean into. So take your, take your rests after serving in the church, not while you're at church. And then the final guy is uh, Andronicus, and the final girl is Junia. Now they are that those are Jewish names, and he calls them uh, kinsmen, uh, which has some sort of a family, a cousin, or born with the same stock. It could just being be being uh, a Jew. And the neat thing about them is they are known uh, they're known inside the church, and they're known outside of, uh, of the church. Uh, they are known to the apostles, so that's the inside of the church. They were in Christ before me, and they're prisoners, so they're they're known outside of the church. So they have uh, a witness ready to take the consequences. So maybe a little trauma and a little persecution does a church body uh, body good. All right, so let's do some conclusions here. Um, so who are your dearly beloved in the church? Who do you have a history with? Who brings you joy when you see them? Or, or worse, who's happy to see you in, in, in the church? Who are you known to? Who have you met their their needs? And if you, so so let's say you answer that question as, well, I don't know if I have anybody that's dearly beloved to me in the church. Then here would be my charge, is serve alongside of them. Give to someone who cannot give give back to you and that is how you get people who are a joy to you, and that's how you become a joy to other people. So who are your dearly beloved? That's that's the first uh, question. The second thing is who in your church makes you tired or what in your church makes you tired? Let's run to the tired rather than running away from the, the tired. We're supposed to be strengthened in the inner man. That's what church does by worship and fellowship and all those all the blessings that we get admonishment, teaching, but we should be tired in the outer man. So let's not run from tiredness. Let's run to tiredness. Use it as a marker. What makes you tired? If something in your church is making you tired, that's probably a good thing. And then uh, the last thing with Andronicus and Junia, they're like-minded people, they're cousins or maybe fellow Jews, and they're having so we certainly should have affection for people who are like us, uh, and we should be known to people in the church, and we should be known to people outside the church. So there, there may be a person who is, you know, too too uh, focused on the church and not 
focused on the outside enough. So there's this there's this balance between inside the church and outside the church with these guys. And you know that because they're fellow prisoners, that they have been persecuted, they've been noted for it. All right, let's use these people as great examples. Thanks for listening.